Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing well because it's Friday! I know, Joe gets all excited. Me too. The weekend's off now, which is is crazy, so I need that. Folks, um, I want to uh, just very uh, seriously extend a heartfelt uh as as deep from the heart as you can get soul felt uh debt of gratitude to you for uh my book yesterday we announced uh, yesterday that my second book exonerated the failed takedown of president donald trump by the swamp that is the title was available on amazon for pre-order uh the book's gonna blow your mind with the civil war we talk about in july and the Mueller, how Mueller freaked out in july and everything that had all the breaking news we have in there the book jumped from 167,000 or something on Amazon last night to the 30s. So um, I deeply appreciate that. Please go pick it up. It's available on Amazon. I'll put the link in the show notes again today. Exonerated the failed takedown of Donald Trump. The information we have in there about what happens to Mueller in that July 12, 27 thing is going to blow your mind and how this had all been done before. We lay it out like a movie plot. You're going to love it. Thank you so much. The book was rocketing up the charts. So go pick it up, please, on pre-order. Helps us uh, determine how many copies to print. It's going to be a lot after yesterday. So thank you very much. All right, here's what I want to lay out for you today. Trump rally last night. Phenomenal. I want to get to that. And I want to take it from a different angle you've heard. Secondly, the movie script plot we talk about in book two, Exonerated. How this had already been done before. It's a prepackaged movie script they tried on Donald Trump. Has now been confirmed because of Nellie Orr's transcripts that were released. It is amazing. You did not waste your time in the show. All right, let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Boland Branch. These are the finest sheets out there. Everything Boland Branch uh, does, they, uh, from their bedding to blankets, is made from pure 100% organic cotton, which means they start out super soft and they get even softer over time. These sheets are like sleeping on a cloud. I love them. I can't sleep on anything else. Matter of fact, I hate going to hotels now because they don't have bowl and bread sheets. I know I'm a sheet snob, but these are the best sheets around. You will never sleep any better. Everyone who tries bowl and bread sheets love them, including me. That's why they have thousands of five-star reviews, and Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and Fast Company are all talking about Bowling Branch. Even three U.S. presidents sleep on Bowling Branch sheets. Shipping is free. You can try them for 30 nights. If you don't love them, send them back for a refund. It won't be necessary. You're going to love them. But I doubt you want to send them back. Try them. There's no risk and no reason not to give them a try. To get you started right now, my listeners get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com, promo code Bongino. That's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code Bongino. You will get $50 off your first set of sheets. That's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code Bongino, bowlandbranch.com, promo code Bongino for $50 off. You will love, love, love bowl and branch sheets. I can't sleep on anything else. All right, let's get right to it. Last night, let's play this video of Donald J. Trump. Joe had to work his magic to make it a little bit family-friendly. Donald J. Trump in Grand Rapids, Michigan, last night. The Democrats have to now decide whether they will continue defrauding the public with ridiculous bullshit. (laughs) Partisan investigations or whether they will apologize to the American people and join us to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure, bring down the cost of health care and prescription drugs, which we're doing incredibly, help us fix our broken trade deals, which are coming along really well. We have our team right now in China. They just arrived. This is Trump, folks. Now, why did I pick that particular cut? Now, obviously, because it was televised live on cable news, C-SPAN and others, that's where that came from. (laughs) Uh, It was televised all over, and Joe had to bleep it out because Trump dropped the BS line on TV. Are they going to expose us to more partisan bull? And I'm sitting there with my wife, and she's over at the... Uh, the kitchen island thing. I'm sitting on the couch like a big open floor plan. I turn around, I look at her, and I'm like, there, that's Trump. Now, I like to add things. I don't ever bring stuff up just for emotional effect. Like, oh, that was great. I, I'm a supporter of the president. Yeah. But I'm bringing that up for a reason. There's something I've discussed in this show often, uh, and it explains to the liberal left and a lot of America why people still support Trump 
Um, despite the left's relentless attacks on this guy, what he describes as partisan bull, you get the rest. And shockingly, the answer, uh, I think, is well explained by a piece this morning by, of all people, um, and I don't mean that as a, in a pejorative kind of nasty way, uh, Peggy Noonan in the Wall Street Journal. Peggy Noonan has a piece in the Wall Street Journal. Remember, I'm trying to explain why people, to the chagrin of the left in the media, still support Trump despite relentless attacks on this man's character by everybody and their mother. And the left refuses to understand it. So Peggy Noonan's piece is entitled, The Two Americas Have Grown Much Fiercer. And she explains something Joe and I have described in this show in the past. She explains it, I think, a little better even than I did. And she's not a big, like, Trump supporter, by the way. But sometimes you find support for your data and your theories in very odd places. Joe and I have described this as battlefield mentality. Ah, yes. How Donald Trump is a warrior. He talks like a fighter. He talks like a pugnacious, a boxer, a street guy. Um, and I, I don't mean he's not intelligent. That's not what I'm saying. He talks like normal people talk. Joe, When Joe and I talk before the show, because it's a family-friendly show, uh, it's occasional. Uh, it's occasionally Joe and I will drop a, a bomb in there, yeah. a cuss word. Once uh, in a while. I'm not proud of it. I don't. I've tried for, you know, growing up in New York, it get, you, you, I've got to try. I know I'm trying to make my language a little more, uh, you know, a little cleaner, but it's tough. Growing up in New York and where Joe grew up, and, and it, it's just part of the yep. lexicon, and it's tough to get out. Trump talks like a normal person, like normal people, and it, it comes off at times as very aggressive and, 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 like I said, pugnacious, like he's a fighter. Now, this rhetoric wasn't always necessary in American politics because there was more of a kind of symbiotic relationship between both sides that shared a common set of values that America was a good place and were just differing views on how to get there. The point I'm trying to make is we're in a battlefield mentality now where the left is under full attack and it's not good enough for them to win anymore. In other words, there are no common set of values anymore, Joe. The left thinks America is an awful place Mm -hmm. that needs to be destroyed as we know it. Trump thinks we need to make America great again. Right. Those two ideas can't coexist. Now, uh, Paul, if you wouldn't mind putting up on the screen, this is a snippet from the Wall Street Journal piece where Peggy Noonan describes what I call battlefield morality. Battlefield morality is this. Trump is the chosen leader of this time because when you're in a foxhole with a guy, things you may have found bothersome while you're out with him in a bar. Oh, he talks too much. You don't care when he's firing downrange and protecting your butt against an, an, an encroaching enemy army. Battlefield morality is different than hanging out at the bar morality. You get it? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Trump is the guy in the foxhole with us right now in a different scenario. Peggy Noonan says this, talking about the kind of popularity uh, she's talking when she mentions popularity for legislative proposals. She said, but that kind of popularity is probably not pop- possible in this environment for many reasons. It's that policy demands have become maximalist. This is a great point. She's talking about the left here. It's not enough that contraceptives be covered in the government-mandated plans, Joe. Nuns now must conform. It's not enough that you must be sensitive to the effect of your words and language. You must be punished for saying or thinking the wrong thing. It's not enough that gay marriage is legal. You must be forced to bake that cake. It won't do that attention be paid to scientific arguments on the environment. America must upend itself with Green New Deals or be judged not to care about children. I'll get to that later in the show, too, if we have time. And I'll double down on this argument. Beautiful. She is a, yeah. a gifted writer. She was a speech writer for Reagan. Uh, and again, although we have different approaches, I'm obviously a little more aggressive in my style uh, than Miss Noonan. Um, I still enjoy the Wall Street Journal, even though they, they conveniently left me out of a piece the other day talking about a congressional race I ran in. They're like, and Larry Hogan was on the ballot. He ran for Congress, really? I ran for But that's a whole other story. I'll explain some other time. Funny, Joe. You'd get a kick out of it, knowing Maryland politics. <laughs> but she says it beautifully. She's describing the battlefield morality and why we've chosen Trump as a general on that battlefield now. Because this is not the time for barroom mentality. Oh, man, my buddy Joe, I'm in the bar with him and... You know, this guy can talk a lot in a bar and sometimes he's really aggressive when he gets drunk. None of that matters on the battlefield and the trenches when hot lead's coming down your range. Nothing. You picked a fighter. The biggest, strongest warrior you have with the biggest personality ready to lob rounds down range and fight back. In other words, I'm suggesting to you that that battlefield morality has been posed upon us by the left. 
as Noonan lays out in the piece, whether she tries to or not. Because, Joe, it wasn't good enough for the left to win legislative proposals. That's the barroom mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You win, you shake hands at the end. Yeah, all right. The left got gay marriage passed through uh, in the courts. I don't think they did it the right way, but they did what they did through, uh, instead of through policies, largely through the courts. But no matter where you stand on the issue, folks, no matter where you stand on gay marriage, the left, there's no question, has come after people who disagree on religious reasons. So it wasn't good enough for them to win and shake hands. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Mm-hmm. They wanted to mm-hmm. destroy people who disagreed. The same thing with the Green New Deal. It's not good enough. Like I said the other day in a show last week, it's not good enough for me and Joe to care about the environment, which we do. Joe's an outdoors guy. Yeah. I, I read, I saw that story about the plastic accumulation in the ocean. I've been horrified. But that's not good enough, Joe, that we care. We can't care. If we don't care the way the left cares, by bankrupting the entire United States economy via the Green New Deal, then you you absolutely have to be bankrupted. You should be put out of business. Your homes need to be destroyed for new homes. Taxes need to be increased 100%. What she refers to as maximalist policy is genius. It's a beautiful way to say it. That's the battlefield morality I believe in. How does it relate to that uh, snippet, the sound and video we played from Trump's speech last night? When you want a warrior, you want a guy that talks like a warrior. Now, the left and, and, and to people who are anti, uh, anti-Trump rhinos and the media establishment that clearly hates Donald Trump, you continually fail to understand that. You just don't understand that. You'll never get it because you're not open to the idea that you have imparted maximalist doctrine on another party that is now on the battlefield you created and they pick different generals for this time because of conditions you created. The ballroom mentality is over. The battlefield mentality has arrived. All right, hopefully I'll, I can get to this later. I, I'm going to talk about it, how even in the Green New Deal, it's not good enough for them to win. Now it's about draconian measures to punish you as well. So I give it, I, I'm going to hopefully get to that later. But I've got so much else to get to, um, especially when it comes to just incredible breaking news about the movie script now ladies and gentlemen in book two one of the things we have been uh thanks to some sources i don't want to take credit for this exclusively myself but one of the things on this show we have been at the tip of the spear the vanguard of moving along is the fact that the breaking news we found over the last year about this case against trump the spygate case the russiagate case the collusion hoax the dossier the whole thing That's all well and good. Now that Mueller's debunked all of it, we can hammer it. We have been this week. But the breaking news, Joe, on this show, Mm -hmm. is that this has all been tried before. This is the show that uncovered the 2007 movie script article in the Wall Street Journal, written by Glenn Simpson. This is the show that tied it to the prior attacks on McCain. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, The Democrats went shopping around for a prepackaged script to attack Donald Trump that came in form of the form of the dossier. The information in the dossier, ladies and gentlemen, closely resembles an article written by the company that produced the dossier, Glenn Simpson, Glenn Simpson's Fusion GPS. That company, Glenn Simpson ran it. He was a writer for the Wall Street Journal. The dossier had been written before. It tracks almost completely, even with some of the players, Mm -hmm. at least in the plot, a 2007 Wall Street Journal piece Glenn Simpson wrote with his wife by the Wall Street Journal about ex-Soviets trying to influence U.S. politics. Uh, Paulo put it up on the YouTube channel after the show. I didn't send it to her before, but you can check it out. It's up on the screen right now because she's that good. Um, YouTube.com slash Bongino. If you want to watch the show, please subscribe. YouTube.com slash Bongino. You can watch the video unit. But... That article about Russian influence in the U.S. was written in 2007. We were the people that broke that. You know what? Let me read to you the title just in case, right? Because I'd never, ever want to abandon our audio audience. You are, you are our primary concern right now. Here it is. The title of the piece. I'm going to. How lobbyists help ex-Soviets woo Washington, April 17, 2007, by Glenn Simpson and Mary Jacoby. Isn't that special, Mm -hmm. folks? That is just wonderful. Now, that article tracks the dossier, the plot lines, the players. Who appears in that article? Manafort, Deripaska, who's not mentioned in the dossier, but Deripaska plays prominently in this case, and the whole plot line of Russian influence. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it was all confirmed as of yesterday. You did not waste your time. By the way, this is a book two. We hammer this. Go pick it up on Amazon. Exonerated. The failed takedown of Donald Trump by the swamp. You are going to go crazy over this book. It's a lot easier than the first book, too, because it tells it in like a spy story instead of like a police file, which we did the first book. We did that for a reason. Why, did, why, you know, why, why was it confirmed? Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr's wife, who is working for Fusion GPS, Glenn Simpson's company, the author of that Wall Street Journal piece you just saw, Glenn Simpson hires Nellie Orr. Nellie Orr spoke to the House under oath, and Doug Collins, a House GOP member, released the transcript yesterday. What did she say at one point in the transcript? Paul, if you wouldn't mind putting that up on the screen there. She says in the transcript, uh, no, that's a Peggy Noonan piece, Paul. There we go. Sorry. Okay. She says at one point in the transcript, asked under oath in her, in her, in her Capitol Hill questioning. She's asked about the hiring process at Fusion GPS and how she got hired by the guy who wrote the movie script in 2007. Here's her answer. Ladies and gentlemen, bingo is going to blow your mind here. Nellie Orr. I should mention that on a very important aspect of my recollection of him, she's talking about Glenn Simpson, was that he was very that he had done some very important work as a Wall Street Journal journalist on exactly Russian corruption, organized crime, and <laughs> oligarchs and things like that. So I knew we had a shared interest in that topic. So that was kind of context for our discussion. And in terms of, you know, we need someone, whether he said something like that, you know, it's my sense that he was saying, you know, we can always use someone who has those kind of skills. That's page 20. I have the transcripts in the show notes today, the complete transcripts. If you want to go to page 20, you can read that. So Nellie Orr is practically confirming here what we've been telling you the whole time, that it's Glenn Simpson's prior work on Manafort and what he believes to be Russian influence in the United States through Manafort and others. That it's Glenn Simpson's journalism work that is being transplanted now into the Trump campaign, and that's the expertise Simpson was seeking out. But who was seeking out Simpson? The Democrats and Hillary Clinton. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah, the Democrats man. were shopping man. around for yeah. a prepackaged narrative right. on Russians to attack Donald Trump with. The person who had that narrative prepackaged because he'd already written about it in the Wall Street Journal, which Nellie Orr is already acknowledging, is Glenn Simpson. Why were they hunting around, Joe, for a prepackaged Trump colluded with the Russians narrative? Because they already tried yeah. it on John McCain in 2008. <laughs> and it worked, despite the fact that the Bush administration shut a lot of it down. I believe. The Obama administration ran with it and allowed spying on the Trump team. Folks, you did not waste your time here. I adore my audience. You guys had me almost in tears yesterday when I got an email from my publisher. Mm. I hate to keep bringing it up, but nobody's book on pre-order goes out <laughs> unless you're like Howard Stern. He's like, I can't believe this. You're number 30 on Amazon. You guys and ladies are amazing. And I owe you honest information. And this is not a pat on the back to me. I've had incredible people help me source this. The movie script story I told you months ago is true. Or is practically acknowledging it. That it's Simpson's work that he'd done in the past. Not related to Trump, but the Russia influence thing that they just prepackaged to engage in a political attack they'd already done on John McCain. Who do we go to? Let's go to Simpson. Mm -hmm. He's already wrote this. Okay, Joe, let's erase the name John McCain and just yeah. stick in Donald Trump. That'll work. Great job. Yeah, baby. That's just like the uh, the bare naked ladies. They know. Remember, it's all been done before, you know? <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> you always have the pop culture references. Now. I, I gotta we got a good. We're going to leave you today on a good <laughs> pop culture reference. Joe had some yeah. additions to it. The Brothers thing yesterday oh. got a lot of emails on. We have some additions to the, the book called The Brothers Files. Pretty funny. All <laughs> right, but moving on. Files, on a yeah. serious note. Great, great show notes today. Jerry Dunleavy, another great piece of Washington Examiner today in the same topic. So that's not the only breaking news from Nellie Orr. Nellie Orr is now confirmed because we have the transcripts that Russian collusion, excuse me, that foreign collusion with Fusion GPS is real. 
Paula, if you wouldn't mind uh, putting up slide two there on the screen, I'll read it to you here. So, again, a transcript of Nellie Orr's testimony talking about a foreigner by the name of, you've heard this name before, on the show, Ukrainian journalist turned lawmaker, Sergei Lyshenko. Okay, here's the question. And who were the sources? They're asking Nellie Orr for their information. She says, I recall uh, they were mentioning someone named Sergei Lyshenko, a Ukrainian. Wait, wait, Joe, time out. I thought collusion with foreigners was off limits and worthy of investigation. Yep. So now the company they're using, Fusion GPS, to gin up a dossier and a bunch of fake crap on Donald Trump. Wait, Paula, throw that up again. The woman who works for the company is now acknowledging that they used a foreign source. She goes on. And did they give any indication as to Lyshenko's connection with him? How they got to know him? Were they doing work with him? Nellie Orr answers, with Fusion GPS? The uh, questioner goes, well, correct. She says, I'm not aware of how they, well, were you aware of how they had a connection with him? She goes, I'm not aware. The questioner then says, but were you aware that he was a source of information? Ukrainian, Lyshenko. I thought we're not supposed to deal with foreigners. That was leading to information that they had and that they were presenting to you as reasons for follow-up on opposition research or what research? She says, yes. Folks, do not lose the forest for the trees. When the Democrats, uh, like with all due respect, I work with her, Jessica Tarloff, Marie Harf, and others at Fox News. When they bring up on Fox, and I get to debate them, I'll bring this up, and I'm letting them cheat, by the way. And then they're very nice to me personally, but on the, they keep bringing this up that, you know, this contact with foreigners, although it may not be criminal, it's shady, and it's definitely evidence of collusion, maybe not criminal. The lady who's producing some of the information for the company paid by Hillary is admitting under oath they colluded with foreigners. Can, can you read that? That's her testimony. I didn't make that up. Paula, did you Photoshop that? No, her answer is no, she did not. She did not Photoshop that. Now, so again, if you're concerned about collusion with foreigners, why aren't you investigating Nellie Orr, Fusion, Hillary, and Sergei Lyshenko, their Ukrainian source? The answer is because they're not interested. They're hiding the activities in Ukraine, which if you missed episode 943 of this week, that is a must listen to. The depths of the Ukrainian corruption with the Obama administration that they're really hiding and how devastating it's going to be for Joe Biden when it comes out. All in episode 943 on Monday this week. Please listen to it. That's why they needed Ukrainians to bury Trump, to hide all their own nonsense. Okay, now a next piece of testimony from Nellie Orr, where she basically admits she's trying to tie Manafort. Mm. They're trying to tie Manafort, who's the star of the 2007 movie script article by Glenn Simpson in the Wall Street Journal. Well, they're trying to tie Manafort to Ukraine. Throw that up on the screen. Here's another question. So the questioner says to Nellie Orr, so Paul Manafort, cover that a little bit. She says, yeah. Were you asked to research him, he says? She says, yes. Well, specifically, Nellie Orr answers, yes. Listen to this. In regards to Russia or regards to, and the questioner cuts off, she says, Russia, Ukraine mostly. Oh, Oh, nice. Isn't this everything I've told you on the show is now coming out and emerging from the water in historic fashion. Like the Bond girl in that Bond movie. I don't even remember. Was that Dr. No or whatever? Where with the knife on on her belt there emerging from the water like the central scene of the movie. Everything I've told you is true. Why is that passage from Nellie Orr's testimony important? Because, folks, the movie script Glenn Simpson writes about Russian collusion and Paul Manafort is written in 2007. Donald Trump isn't even on the scene. They clearly impart that narrative onto, thank you, Paula. She's so good. She has it up on the screen now. Again, YouTube.com slash Bongino. They clearly impart that Russian collusion narrative being paid by Hillary onto the Trump campaign because the, the Democrats have tried it before against McCain and they know it's damaging. McCain is colluding with Russians. They tried that. We've already documented that in the show. Sarah Carter's Circa.com piece covers it. We already know this. 
But why is Nellie Orr being paid, as she now admits, to research Paul Manafort in Ukraine? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats need the whole Ukrainian angle and how Manafort was taking money from Yanukovych, a Ukrainian, uh, the Ukrainian had a state at the time, because they have to bury the fact that the Obama and Clinton team are knee deep in Ukraine as well. Funding this uh, the uh, uh, with State Department funds, funding groups associated with liberal mega donor George Soros. How the ambassador over there is alleged to have given a prosecutor in Ukraine a do not prosecute list. How Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's kids doing all that work over there. So what better way to tie Trump to corruption than to make it out like he's the one doing all the Ukrainian stuff. And the Ukrainians are just trying to clean up the corruption in conjunction with the Obama administration. I know that was confusing, but follow me for a second. The Obama administration knows it's knee deep now. They've lost the election to Trump. Surprisingly, they thought all the Ukrainian nonsense was going away. They are working, as alleged, in conjunction with a liberal group funded by liberal donor George Soros to target very specific people, Manafort being one of them. In other words, they're mixing taxpayer money in a political fight in Ukraine where Obama and Hillary consultants are profiting off this political fight. They have to hide that. So what better way to make it look like they're doing the right thing than to tie Manafort to Ukrainian corruption and say, hey, we were just doing the right thing. Manafort was a really bad guy. By the way, convenient that Mueller goes after Manafort lickety split in July when the Civil War breaks out and Mueller finds out about all the texts. And the scam to to target the Trump team. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, yeah. They're sure. the bad guys, the Obama team and the Hillary team in Ukraine. But they have to make it out like Ma- Manafort is the primary antagonist. I'm not saying Manafort's a good guy. I'm just saying, like, if they can prosecute him and get him to shut up, Manafort won't talk about any of the stuff he knows about the Obama and Hillary teams in Ukraine and to work with Soros and the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So what what better way to do it? Pay Nelly or Joe. Hey, find a way to tie Manafort to corruption in Ukraine. You realize how devastating this is? Oh, and then, by the way, on that Washington Examiner piece, uh, Nelly Orr meets with, uh, with her husband and Christopher Steele, the writer of the dossier, on July 30th. Here's a piece in the Washington Examiner, Jerry Dunleavy. Nellie Orr met Christopher Steele at Mayfire Hotel the day before the FBI's Trump-Russia investigation began. You realize, I, by the way, I got, I'm sorry, I got the year wrong yesterday in my zeal to get the topic. This, of course, they, the, the Crossfire Hurricane was open July 31st, 2016. I mistakenly said 2017. Thank you for correcting me on email yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, the same woman being paid by Fusion GPS and the Hillary team now to tie Manafort to Ukraine, where Obama and Hillary are knee-deep in corruption over there. Hunter Biden gets a job over there on a board of a Ukrainian gas company after his dad goes over there. Let's make Manafort out to be the bad guy. Let's rip him down. He'll keep the attention off us. Pay Nelly or to target Manafort. She goes, she meets with Steele, the producer of the dossier for Fusion, on July 30th, 2016, with her husband, Bruce Orr, DOJ. And the next day, they open up the case, Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI. Tell me again how this had, oh, no, they opened it because of Papadopoulos. Are you really that dumb? Liberals who keep saying that. You can't be. You can't possibly be that stupid. Folks, this is damning stuff. All right, I got more on Nelly Orr in a minute, and then I'll move on. I got a couple more things I want to get to. Uh, it's going to be a really stacked show today. So today's show, we got a new sponsor. Um, I love this one. They sent me a sample, and I've got to tell you, it got me through the last two weeks. I've had a rough couple weeks. Those of you who remember, I, I had two surgeries at a time. Uh, calming comfort, calming comfort. Listen, every night I, ch- I have a tough time falling asleep. I've spoken about it on the show. I have really bad arthritis. It's Dan Bongino Medical Malady Hour. Uh, and it's tough for me to go to sleep. I have to keep the air conditioner at like 65 degrees. It drives my wife crazy. So they sent a sample of this blanket called Calming Comfort. It is a weighted blanket. And I'll tell you, folks, when I first put it on, I'm like, a weighted blanket? Does that work? Is that comfortable? I can't sleep without it now. It feels like you're you like being hugged the whole night. It, it I, I listen, I am not a scientist. I can't explain to you how it works, but I looked it up. This thing works. 
anxiety and stress sometimes from the show and, and all this crap happened. It keeps me awake. No matter what I take or do, it doesn't help. Finally, I try Calm and Comfort. I absolutely love the product. Calm and Comfort's designed with high-density comfort fill to provide exactly the right amount of weight to help relax your body. It mimics the soothing, soothing feeling of being hugged for less stress and a restful night's sleep. You got to try this. You'll never sleep with anything else again. Made with super soft velveteen material and designed to promote a sense of calmness and relaxation for more restful sleep. Wake up feeling refreshed for once. When under the blanket, you experience the feeling of being hugged or swaddled, which is as soothing for adults as it is for children. Calming Comfort is 100% machine, machine washable. It is dryer safe. Give it as a gift. Someone will love this thing. It's precision stitch squares are filled with high density, BPA-free microbeads that are evenly distributed throughout a blanket. They have different weights so recommended on your body size. Check it out, folks. It help reduce stress, anxiety. Again, it simulates that feeling of just being, you know, you want to be tucked in. It's great. Even adults love that. I enjoy it. I can't sleep without it now. Calm and Comfort Weighted Blanket comes with a 90-day anxiety-free, stress-free, best night's sleep of your life guaranteed from Sharper Image. Telling you, your only regret will be you didn't buy this thing sooner. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to calmingcomfortblanket.com. That's calmingcomfortblanket.com. Use promo code DAN at checkout to receive 15% off the displayed price. Again, that's calmingcomfortblanket.com. Promo code DAN for 15% off. You cannot put a price on a great night's sleep. Go online now, calmingcomfort.com, calmingcomfortblanket.com, calmingcomfortblanket.com, and promo code DAN for 15% off, calmingcomfortblanket.com. You're going to love this product. All right. Uh, One last point on Nelly Orr. Uh, Another damning piece of intel, but it's obvious, but I just bring it up in case you think there weren't political motivations for these attacks. Uh, you're, you're delusional. I believe Nellie Orr was selected for a reason. Number one was her familiarity with Russia. Number two, right. they needed to tie Manafort to Ukraine to hide their own Ukrainian malfeasance, the Obama and the Clintons. Secondly, it's to re-up the movie script from 2007 uh, that they'd used against John McCain in 2008, but replace it with the Trump team. Again, it begs the question how in detail Manafort was pushed into the Trump orbit uh, and who exactly was working in, within the Ukrainians other than Lushenko, uh, who we know know as a source. Again, I thought foreign collusion was a big deal. Who else in Ukraine was working? with We're, we're going to cover that in our book, too, which is really damaging stuff. But in case you think Nellie Orr was going to be a fair and impartial observer here, Nellie Orr admitted she wanted Hillary Clinton to win. Article up in the Daily Caller in the show notes today. Nellie Orr. This is a grant by Chuck Ross. I favored Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, Thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, I only throw (laughs) it up there in case your leftist friends will be like, so what? They were just paying her to do research. No, they paid a woman who clear as day admitted, if you read the Chuck Ross piece, that if she was paid to do the Donald Trump research, she would have done it differently because she favored Hillary Clinton. She had a, this was not an impartial observer. She was a political activist, not a researcher. Give it a rest. Gosh. Okay. Um, Let's move on to Clapper, because Clapper kind of got a bit of a pass in episode 944 a little bit. I covered uh, Jim John Brennan uh, yesterday, but today I want to tell you why Jim Clapper's in a world of trouble. Jim Clapper was Obama's director of national intelligence. Clapper is a lying snake. We now know Clapper lied about his contacts with the media in January. He's the one who told Comey to go up to New York and brief uh, the uh, newly elected President Trump about the dossier, but to leave out the Russia stuff and just mention the the P-tape stuff. Uh-huh. That way they can say they briefed them, and they by saying they briefed them on the dossier... Clapper leaks to to CNN that there was a briefing about the dossier, which allows the media to do what, Joe? Talk about the dossier, Mm -hmm. which they couldn't before because the media couldn't verify it. Right. Now, Clapper lied about his media context, but Clapper lied about something very, very serious. And this is why I cannot tell you enough. I've said this in speeches multiple times. The three-letter agency people, the DNI, People in the CIA, people in the FBI, I'm convinced at the end of this are going down. Not just for lying, but for lying repeatedly and absurdly going out and giving media interviews. It's all on tape confirming their lies. I want to hat tip a guy. I can't say his Twitter handle <laughs> because it's um, 
It's got a vulgarity in it. But if you want it, it's, it's Mike. It, it, the Twitter handle is a little different than that. But it, go to my Twitter where I retweeted for him. Um, I can't say it on a show. We'll get bleeped out. But his Twitter handle, you can you can follow him. But he put together this video, short, of Jim Clapper directly. This is Obama's head of national intelligence. I'm going to tell you what he's hiding in a minute. Directly contradicting himself in one minute or less. Play that cut. I was just going to say, if the FBI, for instance, had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance, would that be information you would know or not know? Yes. You would be told this. I would know that. If there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this. Um, something like this, absolutely. And at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. As I understand it, this was simply an extension of the original FISA uh, request, meaning that, or implying that, Apparently, there was information that was considered uh, valuable that was being uh, obtained via the initial FISA request. FISAs have a finite. <laughs> Jim, dude, I can't use this enough. Remember Bill Clinton? When I was a Secret Service agent with Bill Clinton, he'd go golfing with people, right? Same guy. And if a guy hit a bad shot and then hit a good shot afterwards, yeah. he'd go, same guy, same guy, same guy. Uh, we used to love it. We get a kid yeah. and say it all the time, right? That's the same guy. <laughs> that is Obama's head of the entire intelligence community. Literally, the director of national intelligence, Jim Clapper, in March of 2017, telling Chuck Todd of NBC that there was no FISA because he would have known about it. Absolutely, he says. And then in January, a year later, acknowledging there was a FISA and likely renewals. No FISA, FISA. No FISA, FISA. Ladies and gentlemen, those stories can't be true. Both of those stories can't be true. Why is Clapper lying? Well, based on extensive research in book one and in book two that I hope to get out there, mm -hmm. I believe their abuse of the FISA process goes deeper. Here's my notes for the day. You probably can't read that. My book is a mess. I should auction these off. There's some great stuff in here. I have in big capital letters. Ladies and gentlemen, I've insisted to you for a long time this scandal is bigger than Trump. I know it doesn't seem that way. Spygate. Oh, they spied on Trump's campaign, Dan. That's huge. Oh, it's huge, all right. But what's bigger is I don't believe they were only spying on Trump, folks. The Obama administration's intervention in foreign elections is well known. Their 2015 intervention in Israel through that Voices group to try to take down Bibi Netanyahu. Their interventions in Libya, their intervention in Egypt with the Muslim Brotherhood. This is well known and well documented. Barack Obama using your taxpayer assets to interfere in foreign elections. I believe that the Ukrainian favor, tying it back to Nelly Orr, Ukrainians, Hunter Biden, the Ukrainian favor where they passed off information to Fusion GPS working to take down Trump on behalf of Hillary was payback for substantial foreign interference by the Obamas of the Obama administration and the Democrats in Ukrainian elections. The quid pro quo here, ladies and gentlemen, is an international spying quid pro quo election interference scandal that the Barack Obama administration is knee deep in and Trump was a casualty of. What does this have to do with Jim Clapper? Jim Clapper was the director of national intelligence while all of this was happening. Now, do you understand why when I gave that viral speech and I talked about plan A and plan B, I always go back to the unmaskings and the abuse of the NSA database. And then I go to plan B, which was abuse of the FISA courts. Because folks, that plan A and plan B, I believe, had been used before. In other words, Joe, spying mm -hmm. on political opponents spying on political opponents on behalf of foreigners involved in elections, foreigners spying on behalf of Barack Obama's political opponents. This did not start with Trump. That's the real story. 
the historic level of unmaskings, in other words, essentially the wiretapping of U.S. citizens under the guise of listening in on foreigners. Mm -hmm. That happened in historic numbers under the Obama team. We know the NSA database was abused because Mike Rogers, the NSA director, asked for a query of it, an audit of it, and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which issued a report on it, already said the system was abused. Said some of the queries were unauthorized, that private contractors had access. Private contractors? Was Fusion one of them? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not convinced the abuse, the plan B, moving to the FISA courts to get FISA warrants to spy on people after the unmaskings didn't work. And the NSA database probing that for information didn't work in a massive Obama administration spying scandal, which DNI Clapper is there the whole time for. Director of National Intelligence. I don't know about FISA's. I don't know about FISA's. Story breaks in the media. There's a FISA. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just a renewal and some stuff. Has Jim Clapper known about the abuse of the FISA courts, too, to spy on others? Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, was there a FISA issued on Papadopoulos? Let me ask you a bigger question that I'm in the midst of trying to get an answer on right now. Don't miss Monday's show, by the way. Was Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, was there a FISA on him, too? When exactly did Bob Mueller contact Mike Flynn? Folks, let me take it out, pull it out to the lead so you don't miss where we're going here. This is bigger than Trump. And who knows about this? Clapper. He was running the whole intelligence community under Obama. Of course he's going to lie about the FISA because he knows when the FISA abuse under Trump is exposed, potential FISA abuse elsewhere is going to be exposed too. He knows about the unmasking. He knows about our interference in foreign elections. Were they paying us back? Why do you think when Trump was going to declassify, he will declassify, by the way, the FISA warrants, but when he was going to months ago, one of the first things that creeped out in the media is that, oh no, foreign governments will be really upset. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because I'm talking about an international scandal to trade information for political reasons, not diplomatic ones, to attack political opponents. Obama attacks Bibi. Obama attacks Manafort in Ukraine through taxpayer dollars. Ukraine attacks Trump back and Manafort by feeding information. You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. United Kingdom doesn't like Trump's speeches. Some of them that may impact our intelligence sharing relationship as book one Spygate lays out. So what happens? The United Kingdom starts feeding information on Trump. This isn't diplomacy. This is politics. They are not the same thing. We should not be financing with our tax dollars international schemes to interfere in foreign elections and turn to curry favor so that foreigners spy on U.S. political opponents of a sitting administration, no matter who it is. This is bigger than Trump. That's the problem. That's what the media doesn't grasp here. Or some of them may and understand the impact on the Obama administration, and that's what they're hiding. By the way, I think Mike Flynn knew. I think Mike Flynn knew exactly what was going on. All right, a friend of sponsor of the day, a really cool company. I was privy enough to get one of their subscription boxes. I opened it, and it was like a kid at Christmas. I'm telling you, there is no better gift out there, by the way, folks. You want to give a really nice, nice gift to someone or to yourself? Go try Battle Boxes. Listen, a Battle Box. Most subscription boxes are full of samples and a lot of junk uh, you'll never use, but not Battle Box. It's a monthly subscription box for men full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, and outdoor enthusiasts. BattleBox is your monthly subscription for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. This is the real deal stuff. You tried to buy all this stuff separate, you'd be bankrupt. They get it in one box. They get it cheaper at a discount, but it's high-quality, top-notch stuff. I opened my box. There was an unbelievable tactical knife. It came with this high-end sleeping bag in it. I loved it. BattleBox introduces you to the best products, new gear, and innovative companies at a much lower cost if you were to buy them individually. Plus, who doesn't like to get a package full of mystery gear? This makes for a fantastic gift again for yourself or someone else go to try battlebox.com slash dan pick up the box you want they start at just 25 dollars a month 
There's no E in battle, though, for this. Try battlebox.com slash Dan. Plus, they release a video for each new box so you can see what's coming and how to use it. They've shifted over, uh, over a half a million boxes, and they won Best Men's Subscription Box of 2017. Sign up today and be ready for anything. Right now, our listeners get a free tactical knife when you sign up for your first battle box at trybattlebox.com slash Dan. That's trybattlebox.com slash Dan. Right now, get your first battle box plus a free tactical knife at trybattlebox.com slash Dan. It's really, really cool stuff in there. Uh, I should have brought some of this stuff out. Maybe I'll do that next time we do the raid. It's really cool stuff. I'll show you one of the one of the knives they sent. Pretty cool. Okay. Uh, moving on because we're, we're gonna, I'm, I want to end the show on a bit of a, a high note for the week. This has been, uh, and it, we're up almost. 20, 30% again this week after being up 30% last week. And the YouTube channel uh, has gone crazy. We started with 20,000 and 40,000 and 60,000. Now we're 100. We have one video with almost 400,000 views. YouTube.com slash Bongino. You can, a lot of you can just sling that to your TV. You can be watching us on YouTube. So how are you doing? I'm waving you in your living room right now for those of you watching us on the channel. So I appreciate that. Um, The Green New Deal. We talked about this a lot, how the Green New Deal is going to cost upwards of uh, $60 trillion, bankrupt the United States economy, would require uh, windmills and solar farms equivalent to the landmass of California and Texas, which would have to be leveled, uh, would require us to build 30,000 buildings a day uh, to to retrofit every single building in the United States for upwards of 10 years. The Green New Deal is a hysterical piece of liberal garbage and nonsense. So I know I missed it earlier in the week because we were so loaded with the Mueller report, but I just want to get to this. So a vote, uh, Joe, cocaine Mitch strikes again. Cocaine Mitch. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Mitch McConnell, obviously, um, but I got to tell you, when Mitch does something right, you know, he does something right. So the Senate majority leader for the Republican side, Mitch McConnell, saw this Green New Deal and the hilarity of it. So he decides he's going to put it up for a vote on the floor. So there you go. It's up on the YouTube screen now. Senate blocks Green New Deal. Zero to 57. Exactly zero people on the Democrat and Republican side voted for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. Now, some people put 57 other. I put the zero first. No difference. <laughs> zero. There's a big zero. There's an O for the screen. Nobody voted for this thing. So McConnell brilliantly puts it on the floor and says, hey, you want to stop farting cows, shut down air traffic, level California and Texas for solar farms. You want to destroy 30,000 buildings a day and bankrupt the U.S. economy with $90 trillion in new taxes over 10 years, meaning you'll have no money left over. Then let's put it on the floor. The Democrats freaked out. Now, Joe, why would the Democrats freak out? They love this thing. Now, McConnell's office, in another brilliant move, Cocaine Mitch strikes again. For those of you who don't know what a cocaine man, I'm not accusing the guy of doing cocaine. It was a nickname given to him by a Senate candidate in West Virginia to be a pejorative that the right kind of ran with in a meme war to like, you know what I'm saying? Like cocaine Mitch strikes again. Here's Cocaine Mitch on his website, puts out this video of all these senators who love the Green New Deal until they had to vote for it. So what do we want? Green New Deal. And when do we want it? Now. What do we want? Green New Deal. And when do we want it? Now. Our planet is in peril and we need to be bold. Does the Green New Deal go too far? No. You cannot go too far on the issue of climate change. I see it as a jump start. So I would vote yes. Green New Deal, I'm in all the way. Climate change is an urgent crisis, an existential threat to our country and our planet. Climate change is an existential threat. We cannot deny the devastating consequences of climate change. We must act now. We have a crisis on our hands now. We have to rise to this challenge. So what do we want? Green New Deal. On this vote, the yeas are zero, the nays are 57, and 43 senators responded present. So what do we want? 
Green New Deal. And what do we want it? Now. What do we want? Folks, if you're listening in the car, that's the greatest video. Listen, the audio is great, too. But it, it, please go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. You can go to the end and check out the video, too, because the video is priceless. You, what you didn't see for our uh, radio listeners is that is Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and the sponsor of the bill, Ed Markey, senator from Massachusetts, talking about... What do we want? The Green New Deal. When do we want it? Now. now. Elizabeth, I'm a yes on the Green New Deal. None of them voted yes. Right underneath each of them as they're talking. Voted present, voted present, voted present. Voted. None of them voted yes. Again, telling you what I've told you from day one. Liberals are frauds. Be very proud. Very proud that in this new era of battlefield morality, you stand with Trump and you're not a fraud. You believe in low taxes because you believe in low taxes for everyone, liberals included, and you'd vote for it tomorrow. You, you believe in health care you should pick, not the government. You believe in that for yourself, for liberals, for your kids and your neighbor's kids, and you would vote on that tomorrow. You believe in school choice, that parents should pick where their kids go to school, not bureaucrats. You believe in it for you and for liberals, and you'd vote on it tomorrow. You believe your religion should be respected. You should practice your religion freely. And you believe that for liberals or you believe people should be free to not practice any religion at all. And you respect their big R God-given right too. You're not a hypocrite. Ladies and gentlemen, liberals are frauds. They swore they would vote for this thing. They loved it. And Cocaine Mitch puts the video out there of every single one of them running and hiding like the cowards they are. Great video. Great job. The Republicans and conservatives out there, shockingly, because we've been terrible at culture stuff in the past and meme wars yeah. and things like that, are winning the meme wars. Yeah. Now, to wrap this part up, because this is important, I said I'd get to it and tie it to the Peggy Noonan piece in the beginning. Battlefield morality. We're not barroom rent morality, where we, we lose a fight or we win a fight, we shake hands. Now you lose a fight and they come after you at full blown with the Gatling gun and want you wiped out. Liberals are going for maximalist policy. It's not good enough to win. We have to crush people. Here's a piece from the Washington Examiner about academics backing the Green New Deal. The title by Casey Given. Academia bolsters the Green New Deal's policymaking by make-believe. This is all in the show notes today. Read these articles. They're really good. Casey Givens talks about an academic and a piece. This guy's from UC Davis, University of California, Davis talking about what they want to do if they win on the Green New Deal. This is an actual quote. From time to time, an airplane appears in the skies overhead. But these are also rare. In other words, this guy's talking about how he wants to wipe out air travel. He wants it to be rare. He says, since there's no real way to make air travel carbon neutral, the guide says, it has to be greatly curtailed. Everyone is now, Joe, allowed Two round trip flights during their lifetimes. This oh, is real, folks. Oh, thank you. Allowed, yeah. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank <laughs> you. Yes, the professor from UC. It goes on. They are usually taken, Joe, as part of years abroad for young people. It's an important educational experience from to see other parts of the world. Otherwise, there is little need for air transport. Flying halfway around the world for a short vacation is seen as incredibly wasteful, a feature of the consumption-oriented lifestyles of the industrial age when few considered their responsibility towards the planet. Bro, UC Davis, bro, nobody is asking you what you think we're allowed to do. Double-barrel, middle finger, nobody cares. Nobody is asking you in your snobbish, elitish halls of academia with your tenured, sinecure job you probably got from your connections. Nobody cares what you think about me taking a plane to visit Uncle Joey up in Maryland to get the podcast going or to start a business. Exactly zero people in the conservative movement care what you think, you elitist snob. Read that piece at the journal. I mean, at the Examiner. Are you serious? You think we're asking you what you want to allow us to do? Again, why do we back Donald Trump who goes out on stage and calls out bull last night in exactly those words? Because if this was a bar, 
you would be working on ways to maybe make airplane fuel a mm-hmm. little cleaner, emissions cleaner. That's not what you want. You're into a maximalist policy that's going to destroy us, everything around us, and curtail our travel because you don't think we should be allowed. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Nobody's asking you what you think. And nobody's certainly asking uh, Miss Ocasio-Cortez or Rashida Tlaib or Ed Markey or anyone else involved with the Green New Deal either what you think should happen in our lives. You don't know anything about me. I've never met you. I'm just being telling you you're here. You were a bartender. That's great. I'm not knocking bartenders' work. This is very, I'm serious. I'm glad you worked. You were making dance videos, by the way, which are very entertaining. I had no problem with them. It's fun. Made you look very relatable. But you're 29. I'm 44 years old. You don't know a darn thing about me, my kids, my travel, air travel I had to make or tried to make this week to go to a funeral for a woman I cared about. You're going to shut me down because you don't think I should be allowed to travel for a funeral? No, I don't think so. More like the mean New Deal, dude. You're darn right the mean New Deal. I don't care what you think. And either does Donald Trump. Man. And I'm glad he called out the bull on the left last night. You want to go back to civility and common sense, I'm all open for it. But until then, we're in the trenches, and I'm going to stick with the battlefield morality. We can go back to barroom mentality when the left gets off their maximalist high horse. All right. On a lighter note, I got a lot of feedback on yesterday's (laughs) show. I'd mentioned how everything is funnier. Uh When you put brothers after it. I don't know why that is. Sorry, my arm is itching a little bit here. Everything. The, it, it, when you put the... And I was thinking of it in terms of the Jesse Smollett case, which has gone from absurd to entirely ridiculous to now just completely like... Nobody can believe this is actually happening. Smollett's attorneys are now alleging that the brothers that were involved um, in this alleged attack on him, the Osendero brothers... They, they happen to be Nigerian and they happen to be black, yeah. that they may have worn white face. And that's why Smollett was confused that they were Trump supporters. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this case is utterly absurd. So the Osendero brothers, I thought of some other brothers, how when you put brothers after something, it's hysterical. And yesterday I brought up, so Paula was nice enough to put together a little montage. Remember the Stookies? We had the Stookies from White Men Can't Jump. The Stookie Brothers. Remember Rosie Perez? The Stookies. Woody Harrelson owes the Stookies money. Whatever you put brothers after a name, it's always funny. We had a listener kind enough to send me the Butabis. So we had the Stookies. Remember the Butabis? Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell from Saturday Night Live? The two guys in New York, the club guys that are always bopping their heads, the Butabis. You can see them on the YouTube channel now. So we had the Stookies, the Butabis. Now we have the Osenderos. The Osenderos, of course, involved in the Smollett case. And producer Joe, in a moment of utter brilliance right before the show, says, Dan, you can't leave out the Hansons from Slapshot, (laughs) the Hanson brothers from Nepal, which was Bryce and Joe. Brilliant. We have the Stookies, the Butabis, the Osanderos, the Hansons. Joe wanted Joe, what was the other one from that show you watched? Oh, no, the Shelby brothers, but they're 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 more serious from uh what's that? Peaky Blinders, yeah. The Shelbys. You need yeah. the everybody needs the brothers. the brothers. When you put the brothers after something, it's always remember you just had that movie, The Sisters Brothers, with Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix and that guy John Riley. Whenever it just proves my thesis. Put brothers after anything, uh, and it's that much funnier. Oh, the Stookies, man. the Butabis, the Osenderos, <laughs> the Hansons. It's just funnier. And thank you, hat tip to the listener. How you left, I left the Butabis out of that. It's, that was just a grave sin. I should wipe that show from the stain of history forever for screwing up and not putting the Butabis in there. All right, folks, thanks again for everything. Uh, I really mean it. I want to leave you on a lighter note on Friday. And uh, please pick up that book. If we could get into I, I I would really deeply appreciate it. If we could get into the top 10. I've ironically never cracked the top 10 on Amazon. Uh, we've been close, but I would really love to with your help. Um, I'd appreciate it. Pick up a copy of the book on Amazon. I'll put the link in the show notes. The book is uh, by me, obviously, Dan Bongino, titled Exonerated. The Failed Takedown of Donald Trump by the Swamp. Please pick that up today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Please share our content, uh, whether it's our YouTube, our, 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 uh, our podcast, or our iHeart app. I really appreciate it. Thank you, folks. You all are great. Thank you so much. You've made my life uh, just, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. I love you all to death. You really made me happy. Wait, one final note. 
my someone very close to me I sent out that we were number 30 on Amazon. He's like, you got one hell of a brand. And you know, I thought back, no, I don't. I have one hell of an audience. See you all on Monday. Thanks. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.